Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you, depending on when you're watching or listening to this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. It's episode number 95. Thanks to the fact that we've done so many because of that ridiculous pandemic we've had. And I am excited to introduce you in a few moments time for those who are watching the video to the gentleman who is to the side of me. He's carving a very unique niche for himself in the world of entertainment hypnosis. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, the gangster rapping, hip hop hypnotist himself, Mr. Emerg McVeigh, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, I do believe. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. By way of the lovely, lovely city of Phoenix, Arizona. What's up? What's happening? What's happening? How well, are you look, today? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show. Now, for those people who have not come across you yet, uh, mm -hmm. well, we'll get to what you're up to at the minute, and there's some really exciting stuff going on. But mm -hmm. there was a time when you weren't a hypnotist, just like everyone I've had on the show. There was right. a time pre-hypnosis. What was your journey from being a kid to getting to the point, your life experience that brought you to the point of going, damn, I'm going to do hypnosis? Uh, well, it, it is, 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 is rooted in entertainment, you know, um, and to, to be an entertainer is all that I've ever really wanted to do since I was nine years old. And I'm, you know, a little up in age. So, um, I've been around since the beginning of hip hop. And when hip hop first came around, um, I was like, wow, I wanna do that. So I started writing rhymes when I was about nine years old. Back in 1981 is when I started writing. And um, I got pretty good at it really quick. And I had some little record deals here and there on the way up to my big record deal, which was with Interscope Records in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and I just enjoy being on stage. I enjoy, you know, being in front of people because I really feel like when I'm on stage, when I'm performing, no matter what I'm doing, whether if I'm DJing, um, MCing, uh, whatever, the stage is the one place where I can be myself unapologetically. You know what I'm saying? I can really be me. I don't have to apologize. Mm -hmm. I can say what the hell I want and do what I want while I'm up here. And then when I get off, I can go back to being the humble human being that I am. So that's where it all came from, just rooted in entertainment. And when I was on tour, because um, I, like I said, I had a record deal and I play in a rock band. And when I was on tour, we were in Vegas and they gave us some tickets to go see a show. Um, a lot of my other bandmates went their other places. I went to go see Mark Savard. Okay, yeah. And, and when I saw Mark Savard do his thing, this was years ago, bro, because he's been down. He's been at that same theater for I don't know how long, but it was maybe 2012, maybe, or maybe 2010, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure, but I went to go see Mark Savard, and it blew my mind, right? But at first, I'm like anybody that ever saw hypnosis. At first, I was like, nah, this shit ain't real. It can't be, you know? Um, but what Mark had told the lady before, after the show, he told her from the stage to the time you walk out of the venue, from that moment, everybody that shakes your hand, you're going to have an orgasm, right? So I was like, hold on, wait a minute. 
So I ran over to the lady while we were everybody was exiting, and I shook her hand. And when I shook her hand, she grabbed my hand so tight while she was having that orgasm. And that wasn't a fake grab. Like that moment was real. And at that particular moment, I was like, uh-oh, this shit is real. I need to know how to do this. So, and then I started, you know, as, as we kept touring and stuff, I started doing my own little personal research on um, hypnosis and how it works and the benefits of it all. And, you know, how, how people get paid from entertainment of it all. And this was all in the beginning of the internet too. So, um, well, when the internet's popularity anyway. Um, so it was limited information out there at the time. Um, so after tour, I came home and I was with a lady friend and she likes to go thrift shopping and grab items to resell. So I was at the thrift store with her. And whenever I go in places like that, I go immediately to the book section because there's always some jewels in the thrift yeah. store, some books, right? Uh, the first book I grabbed was Learn Hypnosis. I was like, oh shit, this is a sign. It has to be. So then I looked up schools here in Phoenix, Arizona, and found out that here in Phoenix, there's a school that teaches hypnotherapy called Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. Okay. So I, yeah, so I immediately enrolled and became a clinical hypnotherapist. But for entertainment wise, I was like, I don't know about this shit. This shit is boring as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I wasn't really too into the therapeutic side of it. And to me, it was just scriptnosis. You know, you take a client, you sit them down, you pull out a book and you start reading. I'm like, what the hell is this? This works. So after a while, I, you know, started to understand it all, but I started to seek a little bit more knowledge. So I started to see more of the street hypnotists on YouTube. And I started to reach out to some of those guys because I wanted to learn that, you mm -hmm. know, and I wanted to learn the rapid inductions, the instant inductions. What The deeper I got into hypnosis, the more I wanted to really get better. So at first I reached out to um, Jay Noblezada. I reached out to him first. Oh yeah, I know Jay. Done, done seminars with Jay in um, Vegas and um florida in the past yeah but he didn't respond he didn't All respond. Right. i asked him to teach me he didn't respond then i reached out to a guy by the name of uh he's from florida a guy by the name of dj guyver i used to watch him a lot mm -hmm. and he's a really good hypnotist i reached out to him and he wouldn't teach me and then um i reached out to lenny moore i reached out to lenny moore and he wouldn't teach me so finally, I reached out to Mr. P, Carlos Pruitt, and he decided to take me on. So I flew down okay. to Colleen, and he taught me what I know today, the, the, the raw side of hypnosis, the street hypnosis part. And ever since then, once I took what I learned and, you know, I copied some of this guy and copied some of this guy and copied some of that guy, um, just until I got really familiar with the game and then I could start to make some of the shit my own. That's what it is now. So now I'm here. I'm part of the community. 
Um, I'm one of the names that you think about when you say hypnosis now. And uh, I plan on it being that way for a long time. Brain Bully Hypnosis is here now, you know, and uh, I don't plan to go anywhere and I will not be bullied. <laughs> I'm going to, just because you, you've kind of given me a perfect segue for it, I was going to bring this up later, but it just seems like the right time with you having just said, I will not be bullied. Right, exactly. In, in, in that regard, let's get it out there. I've got to bring it up, otherwise viewers and our listeners who actually already know about you or go searching on Google and typing your name are going to come across it and go, why didn't you mention um, his track that is on YouTube, just in trance, you're still a nigger. And anyone who's offended right. by that phraseology, may I just say, I'm just saying what the title of the track is on YouTube, okay? Now, I've watched it. I think it's hilarious and also um, incredibly true in terms of the statement. Uh, one key statement I'll just say is success leaves clues, crime leaves clues as well. Yes. Um, how did that come about? I mean, I know a bit of the background, but for the viewers and listeners, I will just say personally before you answer that my experience in the past people well, no, this is for full disclosure, that um, Justin Trance once used to be okay with me on the internet um, and then started to slag me off and really took umbrage when he was bragging about presenting a show on Playboy TV that previously had been presented called The Extreme Truth by the way, which previously had been presented by a colleague of mine, Tom Zilver. And I think the bit he took umbrage at is that the extreme truth uh, was made by a production company in America who licensed the rights from a mm. company called Objective Productions here mm. in England that made it for Channel 4 based on an idea that Channel 4 were originally sent by a British hypnotist at the time called Alex Leroy, who changed his name to Jonathan Royal. Right. In other words, I devised that fucking TV series. And when I pointed that out, he, he got his back up a bit. Um, said that was talking bullshit. And I said, well, if that's the case, um, report me for false advertising, you know, tell Channel 4, tell Objective. Um, so my experience is that, and also that uh, I observed that he would be very offensive to people if they didn't either agree with him or if they didn't kind of agree to train with him or spend money with him. Right. And my final experience was probably, oh Christ, best part of 20 odd years ago, where I had a lucky escape, I now realise, where I got a phone call here in England and answered it. And uh, somebody called Justin Trance introduced themselves to me. I had not actually heard of him at the time. Uh, I believe this was around the time that he'd just finished performing in the little pub venue in Vegas or Shays or something. Right. Um, and he said he was going to be putting on a show called The World, World's Greatest Hypnotist in Vegas, and he was going to have people from different countries performing, and he was looking for somebody from England, and uh, did I want to be involved? And all it would take is the princely sum of sort of, you know, an upfront $50,000 investment and stuff towards the marketing and all this. Some it didn't seem 
write and I started doing a bit of research and came across all the um, allegations that may or may not be true. However, there are definitely court filings for um, people who are owed money and there is definitely documented fact of having been involved in a fraudulent monetary making, what was it, some kind of sweepstake, lottery type um, scam. So that's disclosure for viewers and listeners. I don't have any personal acts to grind as such other than the fact that I don't take kindly to people posting false, untrue bullshit about me on the internet. Right. I'm guessing you had similar. Yeah, um, well, the issue was I joined the stage expert hypnosis group um, on Facebook. No expert stage hypnosis performance. Yeah, 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 yeah that mm -hmm. group. And I'm still in that group to this day. I just don't interact anymore. Um, but when I first got in the group, I noticed that all I would really see is a bunch of old hypnotists bitching and moaning and crying about the shit that they used to do. And nobody's posting anything new. Everybody's arguing about Justin James is arguing about fucking safety and everybody's crying about this and that. And I just see Justin trans bullying the fuck out of everybody in the group. Um, you know, just trying to just, I don't know, but in any case, I didn't really give a fuck too much. You know, it's about to get colorful right now, just to let you know. That's okay. So, I think this one might have to have right. the uh, over yeah. 18 birthday. Uh, right, <laughs> right. This is why they call me who I am. So the first thing I want to say is this. The rest of these guys are street hypnotists. I'm a hypnotist from the street. It's a big difference. A big difference. They call me the hoods hypnotist for a reason because I'm not like everybody else. I'm really from the trenches. I'm from the south side of Chicago. So if anybody knows about Chicago, you know about what goes on there. That's where I'm from. So for me to be humble and for me to deal with shit like that really takes a lot. So what happened was I was on, I was on this group chat and I you know I just watched for a couple of months you know and um I was so tired of everybody arguing and crying and bitching and moaning and shit so what I did was I issued a challenge to the group I said well since you guys are so fucking good and so great at your craft we could do hypnosis anytime anywhere any place literally so I challenge you guys within 48 hours to go out, hypnotize somebody, upload it to Facebook and show us your work. And I'll lead it off. So I left, went outside, hypnotized somebody, came back, uploaded it to the site and showed my work. Well, Justin Trans had commented and said, why didn't you show us the the um your work from the beginning to the end and i said well i'm confused because that was the beginning to the end oh you mean he was kind of implying that you'd already 
done some pre-induction or suggestion test and then started filming. Right. He didn't under, he didn't think that I was actually that good and that quick. Right. So he thought that I did the induction first and after the induction, I turned the camera on and started to film. I told him, no, I did not. I did everything that you saw was everything from the beginning. So when we got past that part, he said, well, I see you must be one of my students. And I said, no, bro, I've never trained with you before. I don't, I won't, would don't mind taking your class though. I'll train with you. No problem. You know? Um, but I was like, I've never trained with you before. I was taught by Mr. Pete. Right. And then he was like, well, I see that you're a thief, you're a hack, you're stealing my material and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, brother. I haven't stolen anything from you. What are you referring to? So he was referring to what we call the Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. And hypnosis is called magnetism. And yeah. um, it's when you take a person and you move their bodies from side to side, you know, but just with the with the energy as opposed to anything else, right? And it's in the, I think it's in the um, the stage hypnosis manual from the 80s, you know. Oh, Christ, it's, it's, I've got, um, on my website, I've, I've got a shop and I sell 100 rare mesmerism and suggestive therapeutic books that are out of print. They're like from the 1800s and prior to right. that. I need the, the diagram, the line drawings, the old black and white plate folks, and the yeah, exactly. explanation. It's there is no fucking way on this planet that any currently living hypnotist could possibly claim to have devised or invented or created this. Right, exactly. So, and at that particular time, I didn't even know that information at that particular time. But what I said was, hey, I didn't steal anything. I paid for a class. I was taught this in the class. So me personally, I don't give a fuck who created it. I paid to learn it. It works. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use it, period. I don't care. Take that up with Mr. P. So and he kept going on and on. All oh, you ghetto motherfucker calling me all kind of like derogatory names that us black people call each other, right? So what I did was I tried to reach out to him because I'm not an internet gangster, okay? I'm not going to be no guy that's typing threats on the keyboard, and I'm not going to do that. I'm a, I'm a man. So I'm going to reach out to you and say, hey, bro, if you got a real problem with me, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. You live in Las Vegas. We're four hours away. I will pull up on you, and we can discuss this. And we can handle it like any way. That's why I was going to reach out to him. And then I issued him a challenge. Okay. I said, well, if you're this great fucking hypnotist, meet me on any street corner in America and I'll show you that you're not better than me. How about that? And he didn't want to take that. He wanted to keep running his mouth and trying to bully because he think his 40 years in hypnosis meant something to me. Right. So 40 years said, in hypnosis. Is that what he claims? Yeah? Well, he says he's been doing it for 40 years since he was 13 and 
I don't know. I, you know, I know the guy was full of shit. You know, a lot of smoke. Now I'm gonna say this. I'm only 46, you see, and I'm 47 in August. And <laughs> I've I've been I've been doing hypnosis paid, provably documented in Britain as a professional since I was 14. And I know I was doing it before he was. So I, I think oh. really bullshit there. Pretty much, you know. And you know, and my my whole thing was this. The, the, the foundation of it all was, I kept telling Justin, man, I know you're a good hypnotist. I'm not going to say that you're not. But what you're doing is crossing the line. It has nothing to do with hypnosis. You're trying to attack my character as a man, as a person, telling me that I did something that I didn't. And it's proven that you, what you're talking about is bullshit. So the fact that you're just trying to bully me and you think that I'm going to bow down to you how everybody else, you got me fucked up. I'm not going to do that. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you how to play chess, sir. So it took you 40 years, as you claim, to get all the way here. At that particular time, I had only been in hypnosis for about six years. Okay. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to use your name to get just as popular as you are right now. So I went in the studio and I made the diss record. You still a nigga. Because the reason why I said that is, is because of this. It's already an anomaly for a black man to be a hypnotist anyway. When people see us hypnotizing, the first thing they think that hypnosis is a white man sport, just like golf or hockey, or... Well, stage, I, I certainly agree with you there, stage hypnosis-wise. I mean, I don't know right. what it's like in America, but in England, there's a lot of black and um, other ethnicities, right. hypnotherapists, but not so many stage hypnotists. See, now that I am a hypnotist and I'm in the community, I know that it's a lot of black people doing hypnosis stage-wise and... Um, therapeutically. But at the time, I was like everybody else. You know, when you think of hypnosis, you just think of white guys, white women, white men, you, you know, it's mm -hmm. a white person sport. So my thing was here, you and I, he and I, we're both black people. You've been in the game this long. You should be trying to mentor me. You shouldn't be trying to tear me down. You should be trying to say, hey, brother, let me pull you to the side. Let me tell you, give you some tips. Let me, you know, let me give you some um, pointers. Let me show you the way. But what, he, what happened was he saw how fast my name was gaining steam. And I could tell he felt threatened. So that's why I made the song. And the song is basically saying, no matter what you think you are, and how much shit you talk and how many accolades you got and how many shows you've done between me and you, you still a nigga, motherfucker. And at the end of the day, don't play with me because I'll beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? On some real shit. So that's where I was. So I made the song and soon as I made the song, all of the people that really hated Justin Trans came out the woodworks. And they clapped, they clapped. They was like, finally, somebody's here to bully the bully, right? Mm -hmm. And so all the people who were with him, oh, they hated me. 
Um, oh my God, you should have seen the comments. How dare you use racist terms and derogatory remarks? And my thing is, come on, guys, don't act like you ain't never said the word nigga out your mouth. Don't do that. If 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 you even say that, you're a fucking liar. I don't care who you are, white, black, blue, green. You said it before. I don't care what context it is. You said it. You might not meant anything by it, mm-hmm. but the word is came out of your mouth. So don't do that, you know. And furthermore, this is tribal. This has nothing to do with you guys. This is amongst black people, amongst our tribe. Let me check this motherfucker the way he needs to be checked because Obviously, you guys can't check him because he's bullying the shit out of everybody. And everybody just stands down. No, I'm here to say there's somebody else on the scene right now. Can, I ask, can I ask you, and I've got to be careful how I ask this, but I, I, people know I, I, I have the balls to ask the questions that most people wouldn't. Okay. So I'm going to ask the question, do you think that Justin Trance, not just from the bullying or look at me egotistical point of view, but played on being black, uh, knowing that people couldn't really um, retaliate or defend themselves because it, it could end up being perceived uh, that the, they were being racist when they actually weren't being, and it had nothing to do with that. Well, I think I think the way he portrayed himself to me. I think that would be in his character to move like that. Um, Because some of the stuff that he, I would see him saying to people, I was like, what the hell? Like the arrogance of this guy. I was like, wow, this motherfucker is something else, you know? And there's a few other people like that in that group that are just so fucking egotistical, but they don't show any work. And the real killing part about it is I've taught maybe four or five students that took his training. And when they come to me, they talk about him and they say, well, after I took his training, I couldn't hypnotize anybody. I went out with him and we didn't drop anybody, you know? Uh, you, you, your the people are telling me that my techniques are a little bit different than his. My techniques make a little bit more sense than his, and blah blah blah. Now, whether that's true or not, for the interest of total balance and fairness, I have heard similar. But I can also say that I know people who've attended training with Justin Trans who've come away and said that they did go out and were dropping people in next to no time. So I've heard right. both both positive and negative, right. um, just for the interest of balance for viewers and listeners. Yeah, he, now, I, like I said, he's a good hypnotist. He's a good guy, you know what I'm saying? And I was really, what, what really made me more upset is- He's got the longest fucking pre-talk on the planet. Oh my God. And that's- In his I, live shows. When I started to attack him, that was one of the things I attacked. I posted one of his shows and I said, who takes 50 minutes to get the people on stage in the trance? What in the hell? And then he claims that he's knocking them out instantly, you know, in like five seconds. But the thing is, as you know, 
hypnosis starts the moment they see the poster for the show. And then everything you say from the moment you step foot on the stage is induction for that first person. It's like 31 minutes of patter before look left, look right, or whichever one he decides to do. So right. arguably, in truth, the first induction is 30-odd minutes. Yeah. It took him 50 minutes on one of those shows to hypnotize somebody. So I dropped the song, and I was really brutal in the song, and I wanted to be as honest as I can. And the whole premise of the song was, while you're trying to attack me, Everything that you said is a bunch of bullshit. And there's nothing original in hypnosis whatsoever. Everything is a variation of something that has already been here. So you can't claim. So now if you say I stole the Jedi, then why are you doing the eye lock? You stole that, then I can say that. You every, every. Every skit you do on your show, I can say you stole it because you didn't create it. You saw it, you thought it was good, and you used it. There are some it, rare exceptions. I'm not saying necessarily with Justin, but generally speaking, I agree with you entirely. Nothing's new. It's as old as feels. But occasionally somebody will, albeit it's still a variant on something, but they'll put a routine together that yeah. is, is them. Um, and if people take it and model it and do it differently, fine. But if they take right. it as is and use the same gags, timing, music, then right. that is just out and out wrong. And that, that's it? what I was saying. Everything is either variation. You know, you'll rarely run across something new. But when you run across something new, most hypnotists, if you do it, most hypnotists don't mind. I, I think most people are flattered to know that people are watching and that you saw them do something because the freeze thing that I does that I do, right? I got that from a hypnotist in Detroit by the name of uh, the Detroit hypnotist. His name is Tonio. And when I first started doing it, when I would post my videos, I would cite him in my uh, description. You know, shout out to the Detroit hypnotist for allowing me to do the freeze, blah, 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 blah. So I show love if I pull something from somebody. But cool. respect. Yeah. Now, so what happened was Justin Trans was about to film a show for a reality TV show. I forget what network. This was after I dropped the song. He did something to piss one of the producers off with his arrogance. And the producers of the show that he was supposed to be on, they contacted me. Ah. And they said, this guy's a fucking asshole. We don't like him. At the, what we want you to do, we're going to film him doing his show. In the middle of his show, we want you to come from behind the curtain and do your song in the middle of his set. They were going to pay me $10,000, fly me out, and secretly sabotage him in the middle of his show. That's fucking now, out of order. Whatever he's done wrong, that's fucking out of order for the TV companies. They can listen, be twats, can't they? 
Only reason I didn't do it because, A, again, to me, this was tribal. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to allow anybody else to influence what he and I was going through. And B, I knew that if I would have done that, I would have probably got some shine from it and people probably would have laughed or whatever. But at that particular point, every hypnotist in the game was wouldn't fuck with me anymore. And I knew that. So I left it alone. And I reached out to him and said, see, I could have really just really destroyed you right now, but I chose not to. And ever since then, and I, and I even wrote him, I said, man, maybe one day you and I could be cool and we can squash the shit. But just know that you're not going to bully me, bro. You're not. And you should stop. He really should stop and not be arrogant. If you are one of the guys that's been in this game for a long time, you should be in a mentoring state of mind. Like you, for instance. You've been here for a long time doing hypnosis. So you're here to make sure that the game is progressing. You know, you're and you're doing your podcast, you're talking to different people, you're allowing other people to put their ideas out in the world to other hypnotists so mm. people can learn. That's the point of this thing, you know? He um, didn't want to do that. There's enough work out there for all of us. Man. If people so, get off their ass and channel their energies into getting their own work rather than slagging other people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And I had some problems with a few other people. I had some problems with Justin James about safety. Um, you know, he, he's a real well, Justin James, it's hilarious. I'm just going to... He set up this thing called Safe on Stage for any viewers or listeners who don't know. And the only reason for setting it up was in order to be able to convince an insurance company to give a reasonably... a reasonable price uh, public liability insurance for hypnotists in America. It's only really America specific because things are different in England. Uh, now, I took the safe on stage thing and in terms of health and safety and duty of care training, if uh, I had to give it marks out of 100, bearing in mind that my daughter's godfather is an experienced health and safety officer of many years in the entertainment industry and large dangerous events, he looked at it as well. And he would rate it out of 100% being the best it could be, zero being nothing, uh, at about 30% at best. It was clearly just cobbled together for that insurance company. Whereas it sounds like a blatant advert, but a number of years ago, about my daughter's 12, so near enough 12 years ago, myself and some other British stage hypnotists, Robert Temple, Chris Lee, uh, Nick Davis, Harrison, the hypnotist, put a thing together called the Transparency Template, which it's 12 fucking hours, and all it is is what can go wrong what to do if it does so that the volunteers don't get physically, mentally or whatever injured or harmed. And things that aren't even hypno-related, the fact that somebody might fall off a chair or trip up, things that he only skirted over. Right. And I made uh, Justin James aware of this. And I think it was actually on expert stage hypnosis performance. Like I ended up getting banned from there, blocked. Um, but I believe some of my old posts are still there if... if you do a search. 
Yeah. I made him aware of this and categorically said, you safe on stage thing is actually not really fit for purpose. It wouldn't be in England in terms of health and safety and duty of care laws. And it wouldn't be in Europe either in terms of duty of care and health and safety laws. Strangely enough, he took a bit of humbridge at that. It, mm. it, it, it's bullshit. So what was your experience with Justin James? Well, see, I do a lot of street hypnosis and I lay people down on the street. Now, I've, I've gone through some of your videos because people know I've spoken out in the past and said street hypnosis. There's way too many videos out there where people are knocking people out on sidewalks, I believe you call them in the States, or uh -huh. pavements, as we call them in England, where yeah. on the video you can see they're remarkably close to the road. Now, right. unless I've not seen enough of your videos yet, the right. videos I've seen where you are on sidewalks or pavements there is a reasonably decent gap, i.e. extra pavement or sidewalk, before the actual road. Yes, exactly. So yeah. as much as I, you know, have spoken out and say, stage street hypnosis, what's the fucking point? Unless at that time you're plugging a show and getting people to buy tickets and come in. In recent years, I'm starting to change my attitude a little bit. I am stuck in the past a bit. I'm a bit of a technophobe. My daughter-in-law is now, you know, she's educating me into what things like TikTok and oh, these yeah. other social media channels are. And I started looking, and they're a hypnotist. I won't mention by name, because we're not here to... Pro we were getting some of them reasonably good, some are really good, some are crap, but even the crap ones are getting tens of thousands of views. Sadly, they haven't quite realised then you go searching for them and they don't actually have a, a website, so they're not monetizing it. So again, I still think, what's the point, except ego. Um, at least I can see with you that you are actually using it as a vehicle to get what I would call more conventional paid shows in venues. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's about branding now. I keep my telephone number out there. Good man. On my shirt. You know, this is my new logo right there. And um, when I'm on the street, it's always safety first because I, I consider street hypnosis to be the upper echelon of hypnosis because it's the only form of hypnosis where you cannot control the environment. Everything else in hypnosis, I can control. I can control what goes on in the office. I can control what happens on the stage. But I cannot control what happens on the street at all. The noise, the hecklers, um, the random people that come up. You don't get to toss a person away. Like the person that steps up is, is your subject. And you have to figure that subject out really, really quick or dominate them or bully them into hypnosis, right? So, but one of the challenges that I have with me is people believing that it's real. I need you to know that what we do here as a craft is 100% legit. So we'll, I'll we'll, agree, we'll agree to disagree on that one. My, well, my, my short take is hypnosis is bullshit. It doesn't exist. There's no special state. Hypnosis exists only in the mind of the believer. But once that individual believes... There and comes in their own mind to a conclusion that they've done what they did because they 
come to believe they were hypnotised, then one could argue that that is hypnosis, so the paradox becomes a circle. But in truth, it's psychological trickery and manipulation. It's it's just a suggestive state. And you, if I suggest, I I explain this to people all the time. Um, The reason why people don't believe in it is because they think when you say sleep, that means you're in the bed sleep. (laughs) It's not like sleep in the bed. I always describe it as this. It's like taking a nap at work. You got your head down and you're resting, but you can still hear everything going on. You can still respond. You can still do all of this stuff. And like I did a show last night and my, the best subject I had on stage, he came over to me at the end and he said, I knew what I was doing and I was fully aware the entire time, but it's just every time you told me to do something, I just really wanted to do it. I was compelled to do it. And I was that, and I said, that is hypnosis. You believed and now you can achieve, period. That is it. So the reason why I lay people down on the street is because if you got on a white fur coat, there's no way you're going to legitimately ever lay down on the ground. But if I got you under hypnosis and you got on a white fur coat and I lay you down on the street and I got you stuck to the pavement and you can't get up, you can't argue with that. You see, I've just got to bring this up because I am known as the guy who goes fucking mental at people in England who do street hypnosis in an illegal manner. Uh, Because in in England, um, it's illegal to do street hypnosis. Really? Yeah, the 1952 Hypnotism Act uh, 1989 government guidelines updated in 1995 with the government model conditions which updated model conditions were then released in 1996 and it also ties in with the licensing act 2003 and various other laws but ultimately if you don't apply you have to apply in writing for permission from the local uh council district, local licensing authority, I suppose you call it the local state in America, for written permission to carry out your active entertainment hypnosis activities and tell them on what day, what time, what place, what you're going to do. And they have to grant said permission. If they don't, then any public liability insurance you may have will be completely invalidated in law because all the public liability insurance policies always state you must be abiding by all standard laws. And in England, basically, without having the permission, it's illegal. Um, So any street hypnosis videos, the vast majority of them, unless you see Darren Brown doing stuff that was filmed by the TV company, who will have applied and got the correct permissions, um, 99% of them that are doing it in England are breaking the law which means they've invalidated their insurance, um, which would be a major problem if the person in the white fur court was to kick off and say, my court got stained and I'm going to take a civil claim against you for damages for dry cleaning. No, no, dry cleaning doesn't cost much. I'm just using that as a ridiculous example. But if they were to claim their brain got fucked up or they felt depressed afterwards, if you've not got the insurance in place, which in England are being valid if you didn't have the permission... Uh, there's a few loopholes, there's a few ways around it that I've exploited and taught people in the past, 
so that you can operate within the law. But generally speaking, England, whole bunch different than the States. And there's some places in um, Europe that are the same. Um, Sweden, uh, not Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. Um, you have to have uh, permission of the local, I think it's called government now, to be able to do entertainment, hypnosis and stuff. So just for okay. viewers and listeners, be aware of laws in your area. Is all I'm yeah, saying. I'll go to jail in England and I'll be fucked up. <laughs> They're going to arrest me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but the streets, I, I, I prefer to do street. Like I approach everything. Well, I loved it when I came to the States. Let me just say, I'm against my message always has been in England, but I get the street hypnotist, the magicians who do street hypnosis in England, hate me because I go, what you're doing is breaking the law. You're invalidating your insurance. I pointed this out and it's caused them all manner of grief. I don't mind anyone doing things that are within the law. And in America, it is, it is within the law to do so. So yeah, yeah. it was a great sense of freedom when I was out in the States with um, Jay Nobelzada doing a course in Vegas at the Paris Hotel, teaching people to then take the students out in the evening down to Fremont Street. And we were all doing hypnosis on people. It was, yeah. it, it was bloody beautiful to be able to do it. Just can't do it here. Sorry, I interrupted. Go on. No, no, no. Tell us more. That's fine. Um, it's just, like I said, that I believe that street hypnosis is the upper echelon of hypnosis because it's where you really have to apply the science. Like, you have to be quick with your pre-talk. You have to be quick with your inductions. You have to be very entertaining on the street because we get groups of people fast. Um, and most of the hypnosis that we do here is um, on first Friday. Every first Friday, we've been on the same corner for okay. the last six years. Yes. So every first so Friday. So we'll go around, people know. Oh, yeah. Every first Friday of the month, when we go down there, there's people waiting to be hypnotized. And we can get crowds as much as two to 300 people in a circle just watching and we're doing one at a time, four at a time, five at a time. And now I have a nice amount of students under my belt. So now when I go out, it'll be six or seven of us on the street together, hypnotizing. Um, but we also do therapy out there as well. And okay. not so much as a person coming up and saying, you know, I have anxiety or I have PTSD or something like that. It's just that every single person that allows me to entertain other people with them as a subject of hypnosis, we bless them with a gift at the end. And at the end, we, you know, we give them some motivation, some inspiration, some dedication, some determination, some discipline. If you are smoking, we'll take one person a night and we'll stop them from smoking on the street right there in front of everybody. And it's for advertising, really. So that's where I get the bulk of my videos at. Um, you know what's a bit ironic about that? It's fantastic that you do. Oh my uh, but you're the brain bully. What you've just yes. described is somebody who's being really nice and helpful. Yes, yes. It's a, bit, exactly. um, it's a bit kind of out of line with the branding. Well, it's because that... When I start to hypnotize, I get in bully mode. 
um, is because I understand that I understand that um, you it, it, to me is the white coat effect. And it, I don't know if you know what I'm pretty yeah. sure you know what the white coat effect is. Yeah, of course. The the doctor, you see the doctor in the white coat, the people automatically right. assume it's a doctor right. for a status. Right. Yeah. And that's what I do. I just take the white coat effect. I take that theory and I run with it. Most people that stand in front of me don't have a clue as to what hypnosis is or what it's about. Most people's um the, the baseline for any little bit of knowledge that they even have about it most of the time is just from movies. And Hollywood paints a bad picture of what we do. Hollywood makes it seem like it's something mystical and magical and something that's voodoo. And in my community, in the Black community, we were raised to believe that anything that we don't know about is evil or the devil. That's how our grandmothers and grandparents taught us. They'll say, oh, that black magic shit, that shit is black magic, or that's voodoo, or it's whatever. So most people in the urban community, they come up with that thought process. So when people come up, like now, I got this chain on, right? And it's a goat. It's a goat head, right? All right, okay. Devil okay. worshipping... Right. Yeah. But to me, it's the greatest of all time. G-O-A-T, right? But to everybody else, they like, oh, that's the Baphomet, and you're part of the Illuminati, and you worship the devil, and you do that hypnosis, black magic bullshit, and I'm like, yo, you guys are fucking hilarious. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't think that those misconceptions, I know you said it, Hollywood paints the, a picture that's not accurate, but I always say to my students, don't waste, there's too many courses out there, I think, especially therapy-wise, where, the, you know, the, you get the therapists and they say, oh, yeah, people come to me and go, oh, you're not going to make me bat like a dog and cluck like a chicken. And they spend ages explaining how stage hypnosis, street hypnosis, whatever, is different from therapy. Where right. I say, you've lost the plot. The fact that the people are asking you you're not going to make me do that, means that they actually believe that you've yeah, got the ability to do so. Yes, sir. You'd be far better to answer them and say, well, we can if you want, but you've only paid for an hour of my time to stop smoking or whatever. So if you want to do the dog barking and chicken clucking stuff, you're going to have to pay for more time. Or right. we can just get on and stop you smoking. What do you want? And obviously they're going to turn around and go, let's just get on with it. But yeah. then they still believe that you could have done so they'll have more belief that you're able to stop them smoking. Yeah. And when they say, you're not going to make me cluck like a chicken, I'll say, maybe not a chicken. That's what I'll say, you know, to let you know that I'm still in control here, which is what I need you to believe. Um, I've been getting more into NLP lately because I realized that over the years of doing hypnosis now, I've been doing it for 10 years now. And over the years of doing it, I've noticed that, especially for therapy, 90% of the session is in the pre-talk. It's, it's before you go under. It's setting you up to go under. Now I understand what to say to make sure that 
The pressure is not on me or the subject. I know how to put the words together now. So when I'm talking to a client or a subject on the street, I know how to break down those critical factors so you can actually relax because people, I used to didn't uh, accept the challengers. The guys would be like, I bet you can't hypnotize me. I would say, well, probably not. And I'm, you know, and I just don't deal with it because if you don't pay attention, how the, how the hell am I going to hypnotize you? But now when a person says that, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. How about this? If I do something to show you that you're able to be hypnotized, if you feel it, don't fight it. Is that fair? And they'll say, okay, that's fine. I'll say, this is not hypnosis. This is just something to see how you relax or how you focus. And all I ask is if you feel it, just let the science do what it does. They'll say, okay, cool. So I'll do a quick suggestibility test with them, right? But what they don't know is I can, I can put you in the trance with a suggestibility test as well. So once I get your fingers to lock, you're in the state of catalepsy. All I got to do is tell you, close your eyes, you're out. And that's how I do it. And then once I do that, I'll say sleep. They'll fall out. And then I'll say, one, two, three, open your eyes. And when they open their eyes, they're looking around like, oh, shit, you did get me. Yes, I did get you. And I told you I could get you. But what I needed you to do was not be ready to be got. So once I learned that part of it now, I really feel like if Jesus Christ himself came down from heaven and asked to be hypnotized, I'm laying his ass on the floor. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'd give it a damn good try, but controversially, <laughs> controversially, I think he probably knows most of the hypnotic tricks. I, you know, I really <laughs> <laughs> but I love this game, man. And, um, I want to take it to the next level. Well, that's a perfect time for this then. I noticed very recently, as in the past few days, uh, you posted on uh, social media, I saw it on Facebook, um, great news, we've just locked in the uh, Las Vegas contract. Yes. What's that about? Uh, for people watching or listening to this in the future, by the way, can I just clarify, this was recorded on the 9th of April, 2022, and we'll have gone live on the internet on the 10th of April, 2022. Okay. We are at the Sahara Event Center in Las Vegas. Um, six shows a month right now, just to sure. start off. Uh, yeah, and uh, we just got that deal um, a few days ago. And it's crazy because my goal was to have this accomplished by June of 2022. And we got it done months earlier. So um, I have an awesome team, man, of people that just really believe in what I do. And they went out and worked hard. Um, and, I, you know, my numbers actually, you know, attributed to it, but they, you know, the people in Vegas decided to give me a shot. Um, it's they want to see my brand of hypnosis out there in Vegas because I went to go see a few different hypnotists in Vegas. And 
I understand how hard of a job that we have. So I look at shows differently than mm -hmm. the actual person that just coming off the street. All of the hypnotists are impressive with what they do. If you're able to pull this shit off and it's funny and it's entertaining, then you're great at your craft. But my own, the only thing that is different for me is it all looks the same. They all talk the same. They all dress the same. They all walk the same. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you take a couple of courses and the first thing they tell you in stage hypnosis training is dress better than your audience. You know, shit like that. And I think a lot of the rules that apply just a bunch of old time shit, you know, because if we're stuck there, we always be there. So what I'm trying to do is I'm, my goal is to take street hypnosis and stage hypnosis and push it a little bit forward. So I incorporate hip hop into what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I, actually have, I actually have a song that I can bring the subject on stage, put them in front of me, turn the song on, rap the song to them in real time, and by the end of the song, the person is asleep. Nice. That's the type of shit that I'm trying to do. Take the game just to another level and maybe inspire some other people who normally wouldn't want to do this and make them think. Well, like, I guess you'd attract a different, or oh, probably, well, I'm sure you already do, but I mean, in terms of an actual structured stage show that's in a venue where people are buying tickets and coming to as opposed to the tree. I'm guessing that, you know, that the hip hop gangster rapping hypnotist uh, is going to attract, a, yeah, it'll attract some people who are stage hypnosis entertainment fans in general, but it'll probably yeah. put off some of the stage hypnosis entertainment fans because they're not yeah. into the hip hop and rap bit. But you're going to attract a different demographic as well, aren't you? Yeah, and not only that, but I DJ at the strip club as well. So I'm a. Um, I was going to ask you where the pink rhino came in and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I DJ at the strip club as well. And my thing is, I'm I'm just what I'm I'm about what America is about on stage. America is about controversy. Controversy makes money. Controversy sells. Yeah. Now off stage, I'm a very very humble understanding well let me say overstanding i'm a very humble overstanding gentleman you know um i don't like confrontation i hate it you know i just want to my whole thing is peace i like peace i like to kick it out i like to receive it um but when i'm in bully mode hypnosis mode it's all gas no brakes with me like so when you come to see me you probably don't want to bring your kids I'm not good for corporate events. I don't want to do none of that shit. I'm fine. There's enough hypnotists that are doing Pepsi and Coke, and that's fine. Do that. Um, I want to be me all the time and create my lane with being me. So when I'm on stage, I'm going to have strippers with me. I'm giving out orgasms. You might see some titties flying. <laughs> you know, you're definitely going to get the colorful language. Um, it's going to be a, to bring people 
to the street from the stage. This is how we do where I'm from, you know, and give them that experience. Because if you want the regular Joe Schmo experience, there's plenty of hypnotists that you can go see. And you're going to be entertained. You're going to have a great time. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to lose anything. But when you come over here, it's just something different. And that's what I pride myself on. The hardest shows for me to do are the ones where I can't curse. I get yeah, I, shit. I don't know what to do. I can't entertain these fucking kids. I feel your pain. I yeah, feel like, the pain. I always pass those shows up. I know I don't want to do that. I'm fine. You know, because if I have to change who I am, then I'm fumbling and stumbling on stage and I'm not sure of what to do. And I'm so loose with my damn mouth that I'll be doing a birthday party for 10 year olds and still say shit and fuck and all of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, does he not worry that the world, the way the world's going, there's positives and negatives. Positives with social media and all this. There's a whole new audience coming to things that there wasn't before, right. whole new way of monetizing things. And then but the flip negative side is that this whole cancel culture, people, um, you know, political correctness has gone straight through the roof. You, you're not supposed to, um, well, you're not supposed to tell jokes that are funny if you follow all the rules, are you? You can't be sexist and you can't do jokes about religion. And Right. The world's gone mad. Does, does, does that not concern you? Hey, the way I look at it is, is it and flip. People are mad at the comedians and laughing at the politicians. <laughs> That's what it is. It's flipped. But no, I'm not worried about it at all because I don't give a damn. You can't cancel me because I, I created this lane. I don't pay for advertising. I don't spend a dollar on none of that. Every single fan that I have, every single view that I have is 100% organic. I've never spent a dollar on advertising. I've never spent a dollar doing any of this other than making my shirts for branding or buying business cards or banners or something for the stage. But as far as like my visibility on social media and the internet, it's 100% organic. So everybody that follows me came to me. I didn't reach out to them. They came to me. So I guess I have, it helped that you had uh, somewhat of um, a reputation before you segued into the hypnosis. You already had a, a musical reputation, didn't right, you? Exactly. Yeah. I had a big record deal with Interscope Records, which is the same label as Eminem, Dr. Dre, U2, um, on and on and on and on, you know. And my ex-wife is DMX's sister as well. So I had that going on. So I already had the popularity, um, but all of this stuff is organic. So like somebody on Instagram can have 200,000 followers and I only have 7,000 just on Instagram. But when I post a video, I'll have 2,000 views and the person with the 200,000 followers only have 1,000 views. Yeah. Because my engagement is very high and all of my people are invested in what I do because they came to me. So you can't cancel me because 
A, I'm not going to do anything that's too crazy. So I'm not going to disrespect any little kids. I'm not going to do any pedophile type of weirdo shit. And I'm not going to disrespect anybody like your race or your preference of sex or any of that. I'm just going to be the raunchy, loudmouth, uh, cursing, gangster rapping, hypnotist that I am and mm -hmm. let you enjoy it. And what I call it is, I call it the Snoop Dogg theory. And what I mean by that is Snoop Dogg is a gang banging, weed smoking uh, hub for money. But you'll see Snoop late at night smoking weed on a porno channel. And then in the morning, you'll turn him on and he'll be on Sesame Street. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Because when you are unapologetically who you are, eventually people buy into that and you don't have to change who you are. So uh, like when I'm talking to you now, most of my friends, if you were to come on here because you're a white guy, they'll try to whiten their voice up, you know, or they'll try to talk more proper. Or oh, fuck that. Yeah, oh, fuck that, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't call me to do that. No. You want to you talk to me. So exactly. To yeah. Exactly. And you're not going to meet my representative. You're going to meet me. Now, if you want to talk to Mark, which is my real name, Mark Anthony, then, yeah, of course, it's going to be a different conversation. You know? Um, if we're talking hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. then, of course, it's going to be a different conversation. But right now you're talking to the brain bully and that guy does not give a shit <laughs> at all. I just, I love the game. I love hypnosis. I love to hypnotize people. And the, the biggest thing is I, I tell people all the time that I am one of God's employees. I do God's work on the ground. Yeah. I have a good time entertaining people, but I've passed out more inspiration and more dedication than any of you, any preachers that you know, any churches that you go to. We're, mm -hmm. we're the hypnotists. We're actually out here helping people with those fears that they have, helping people with those phobias, helping people with those addictions, helping people become doers and get over procrastination. And I get the calls all the time. Hey, man, you hypnotized me three years ago in the middle of the street, and it changed my life. I own five barbershops now and blah, blah, blah. Or you hypnotized me to stop smoking four years ago on the street, and I still haven't smoked. And most hypnotists will run and post that. Me, I just feel like there's a private moment between me and the person that I helped, and that was enough for me. That lets me know, keep going, keep going, keep doing what you do, keep doing what you do. And somebody big, somebody of some significance, somebody of importance, they're going to see me. They're going to believe in what I do, and then I'll be on my way. Hence the Vegas uh, residency. When do, you, what, when do you open in Vegas? Uh, starts May 6th and 7th. Cool. So um, I do, I'm one weekend a month six shows three on friday three on saturday 
Oh, wow. Uh, right. Okay. Three shows a day. Nice. Three shows a day. Right. Now, the challenge for me is this. The six o'clock show is supposed to be family friendly. So. No swearing. Shit. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I have a team. We're called Hypnosis Inc. Right. And it's about six of us. So I have my team and my team is going to help me provide the entertainment for these shows. So a lot of the family friendly stuff, we're going to do more of in a group. It's like four of us and we do more of like a now you see me type of thing. Magic, mentalism, mesmerism, you know, all in one little show. And then at night, the 10 o'clock show, that's me. The 10 o'clock show is when if you want to show your titties, now's the time to do so. You know, <laughs> whether you volunteer to get on stage, just show them us anyway. Yeah. Show them right there, and you show them right in your seat. We'll come get you. <laughs> so, and just the laugh that you just got from that is all we want. We just want people to smile and come and see something different because the the people who are part of the cancel culture. This is what I don't understand, and this is something I know to be true. If you are a man in a position of power, a man, mm-hmm. you're fucking a lot of women. I don't care what you say. You can lie and say that you're not, but you're well, getting, un- unless it, unless the gay, of course, then they're probably fucking a lot. Of oh men. well, yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah you get you're getting a lot. You're, you're getting, getting a lot. lot, yeah, and you you're getting your dick sucked everywhere. You're spending, you you you're buying prostitutes with the corporate account. When you go out of town, hey, man, I work in the industry, so I know, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you going to cancel somebody for doing something when you know you was just fucking your mistress yesterday? Like, that's the, you know, it's so ironic that they will want to impeach the president for getting his dick sucked, and they all got fucking mistresses and shit. It it don't make sense to me. So... Mm -hmm. I want to. I, I I think most people like to see something that's stripped down, and like to see a bunch of people really acting how they would normally act because everybody acts so uptight, and then they go home and put on Pornhub and jack off. It's the weirdest shit to me. Like, okay, I understand your sexual proclivities are private. I get it, but if you know you like to watch. Um, women fucking horses on the internet. You can't be mad at this man for getting his dick sucked. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> and let's face it, there's nothing wrong with that if they were in a stable relationship at the time. <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just want people to check me out, man, and check a different style of hypnosis. And at the end of the day, I can guarantee the guys who are watching the purists of the game, the so-called gatekeepers and all of that, I will not disrespect the craft. That's what I will not do. Um, I'm going to uphold the craft and I'm going to try to add components that will make the craft better than what it is. And you know what? I truly, I truly, truly believe 
that you mean that? Because uh, for people watching or listening, they'll know what, what I said before about street hypnosis, and I stand by everything I've ever said in the past, but it's mm. perfectly in context. In England, in certain places it is, it doesn't right. apply to America, so it's, it's fine. As long as people <laughs> are doing things in a legal, lawful, licensed, if those are required, insured, but above all else, safe. Yes, safety first. Manner, then go go for it. And I've been as guilty as anyone in the industry who's been in it for years of getting stuck in the past and not moving with the fact that, you know, TikTok, I only know about it because of my daughter. There's TikTok and there's all these other channels and there are people who are, are more famous so not so much in hypnosis yet, and I'm going to say yet because I do believe it will happen for somebody at mm. some point, but with magic and mentalism, there are people who, who've never done a show in a conventional entertainment venue, but who are getting so many views and they're monetizing it that they are making more money than a lot of established pros that are doing the conventional venues because the world has changed right and, and i'm one of those guys that's lucky enough to eat on both sides like i average i went viral twice already this year and cool. one of my one of my videos did 14 million i have another one that did 8 million i got a couple of them that did 3 million i have seven or eight one million view uh videos and i'm monetized across the board so Excellent. every so every 21st of the month is a good day for me, you know? And because I did something that was progressive, people always say, why did you put your phone number on the internet? Why the fuck wouldn't you? You're going to pay for advertising and you're going to put your email address and people are going to still email you and you still got to read all this shit no, fuck all of that. Just between call between you and me, Lou, I bet you've got a dual SIM phone, haven't you? So that huh? you, I bet you've got a dual SIM card phone, <laughs> so that your mom and your brother have got a different number, but you only need to carry one phone. Oh, you've got two phones. All right, fair enough. I got three. All right, I got okay. Three phone. All right. Thought you might just have a dual <laughs> SIM one with two SIM cards. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? They tried to get me to do that, but I said, you know what? Just give me another phone. So this phone here is this number right yeah, here. Yeah, the, the booking line. Yeah, Get yes. in touch. Yeah. And I book, uh, like, for instance, I'm in Dallas, Texas tomorrow. Uh, I am in Rochester, New York next Friday. Um, I have the Vegas, uh, the Sahara Convention Center in Vegas on the 6th and 7th. Then I'm in um, Texarkana, Florida. I mean, Texarkana, Texas after that. Then I'm in Longview, Texas after that. And then I'm in Tallahassee, Florida after that. So the bookings are coming and coming. Um, I do about 20, I average at least 20 clients a week. Okay. 20, yeah. And I do most mostly Zoom because my following is on the internet. But was that I'll the case? Do, was that the case before the um pandemic as well well no the pandemic was such a blessing because the pandemic forced everybody 
to dig in and figure out what it is that you really are fucking doing. That quarantine, that lockdown was the best thing that can ever happen to me. Because since then, I've taught, I'm on, the was it, 97. Since the pandemic, I've had 97 students. Okay. And I have some students that are out there really rocking and rolling right now. That are really taking this game um, and really believing in it and really progressing and are really good hypnotists now. And ever since then, it's been like, it's been on. It's been like, um, I average about 25,000 views per video, maybe. You know, I could drop a video and do a thousand views an hour consistently. Um, I go live. I could put two or 300 people on the live with me. And I do that a lot, too. I go live, put somebody in the box like me and you are talking now and drop them right in front of everybody on the Internet. So I'm with the times right now. I am part of the new era of hypnosis and the new yeah. era. The new era of hypnosis is right inside this box. It's all in here now. The mm -hmm. pandemic made people not want to come outside. The pandemic got, you know, a lot of people are hands off now. So street hypnosis is, uh, is even different. It's not like it was pre-pandemic. Oh, man, you can blow on somebody and they'll just fall out. Now it's like, People looking to see if you're sick. They look, you, you know, it's like, it's yeah. a little bit more standoffish. So a lot of work is on this internet. So I had to learn how to really get good at doing inductions, rapid inductions on the internet. Now I know how to do them, you know, because that's where most of my clients are. And most of my clientele, smoking, everything. Um, I even had my most recent client that, I'm stumped on, but I'm determined to help her. Mm -hmm. She has a seizure disease. Well, not a disease, but she has this type of seizure that's called ictal kissing. And what mm -hmm. ictal kissing is, it's a type of seizure that when she goes into it, she, she experiences some of the normal things that you would experience when having a seizure, like some shaking, um, blackout type of thing. But she has to kiss people. Like when she goes into the seizure, anybody that's around, she has to. Okay. Go yeah, look it up. It's called ictal kissing. It's only nine documented cases of this. And one of the nine is a client of mine. And I only took it on because I'm like, bro, if I figure out a way to help this lady, this is going to take me ah, up there. I understand. That'd certainly be, um, yeah, um, CPR <laughs> angles in that for definite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's even possible, but I like I told her, just give me a moment 
let me do some research and let me reach out to some more uh some more polished hypnotists, some guys who have been around longer than me that can probably give me some ideas and let me know if I'm even able to help her. Because I know a seizure, I know it's in the mind, but it's deeper than that. And I wanted to be able to, to me, a suggestion is just a suggestion. Like a lot of my smoking clients, you know, I used to go well, obviously, it depends what the triggers are, and everyone can be different, can't they? You know, right. some and people no, she couldn't tell me what triggers it. Yeah, but some people uh stress can be the well, what they perceive to be stressful situations, in which case, obviously, therapeutically you can help and deal with situations and overcome stress. So you're uh, not necessarily targeting dealing with the seizures. But you're stopping them happening in the first place. So you say, find out what triggers her. Yeah. And then... There must be a commonality with when it happens. Okay. Some commonalities, because there's been stressful situations going on, or she's in a stressful situation. Or is it a a high anxiety state of... um, anticipation of the situation environment or there's got to be some sort of commonality between the majority of the circumstances where it happens for her, I guess. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And for some reason, if I can't help her, I'm going to be sending her to you. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm sure that you will because you're determined <laughs> if it is possible. And you know, yeah. many things that years ago, they said it wasn't possible to help have years on that viewpoint changed because somebody who was determined found a way. Um, And, you know, so, yeah, hats off to you. Hey, man, you know what? I appreciate you having me on. Um, It means a lot to me, man, especially to be recognized by guys who've been around. Thank you you for coming on because it's you. um, And this is not, you were the, my first, are you my first hypnotist of colour? I hate that phrase, but it's, you know, I, to say first, I, I, th- I think, I'm trying to remember my previous guest. No, I think, I think you are. You certainly won't be the last. You were also most certainly my most up-to-date uh, stage stroke street hypnotist in the sense that you're doing things now that are moving with the times and social media. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Yes. So I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that and putting up with the fact that I pointed out I'm stuck in the past a bit on some views on things like that. But, you know, I'll be honest and upfront and good man. And I really wish you the best of luck in Vegas. I hope that that's going to open a whole bunch of doors for you as well, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be on. I will come on anytime. Um, tell 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 the viewers and listeners. We will obviously above and below the video, and also above and below the audio podcast on iTunes and all that nonsense. Okay. Have your various website links, social medias, and YouTube channel. But what's okay. the main website to tell people verbally? Verbally, I would say my biggest platform is Facebook. So um, just look up Emerge McVeigh, the Brain Bully, E M E R G M C V A Y the brain bully um but if you just need to find me and you can't remember any of that 
just go to Google and type in the brain bully. And Google it, mate. Boom. It's yeah, yeah, it'll take you all over the place. Um, if you're in Vegas, the 6th and the 7th of May, I'm going to be at the Sahara Event Center. Six shows, three on Friday, three on Saturday, six, eight, and ten. And uh, if if anybody needs any type of therapy or want to book me for any shows or anything like that, six zero two. Just stand up four, slightly so they can see it on screen on the video. Right here, Ta-da. six zero two four seven five eleven ninety three. Country code is one. Wow. There Excellent. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, ladies and gentlemen at home, he, he won't be able to hear it, but he'll feel the energy through the psychic <laughs> vibes. Huge give it up for the brain bully himself, Mr. Emerg McVeigh. Thank you very much indeed, sir. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate you, man. Have a beautiful day. I'm finna go rub on some titties. I'll see you soon. Good man. <laughs>